according to Google, there are 14.8 million Jews in the world. Say so that one more time. 14.8 million. So less, That's it? 15, less than 15 million Jews in the whole world. So to contrast that, Kanye West has 18.4 million. So Kanye West has more Instagram followers than there are Jews in the world. That's like a little bit of context. There's not that many of us. Yes. All right. Everything rolling. Yeah. Cool. Good. Yes. Great. Yes. 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 Okay. We're back. <laughs> We're back, baby. What a hectic past 24 hours this has been. We were trying to have Zane on this episode, but he couldn't do it. And then we were going to have him. And then I had a haircut appointment. And then we had our guest change for Unfiltered. But you know what? We said, screw it. We're going to make this happen. Mike, I'll turn off my phone. <laughs> How That's are you doing okay. today, Mike? It's good. I, I wanted to start off. I have a few things for you. Um, what? One, you left this at my house the other day. Which, uh, let's yes. just show the camera. My pumpkin shirt. My lovely, lovely pumpkin shirt. I knew I, I was trying to remember that, but I. You I, wore it because we. You came over on Halloween and we filmed our viral hit, the Taylor Swift Jack Antonoff clip. It did so well. It got like five thousand shares. It did so well where I got to the point where, uh, many times throughout the day, I was certain that Taylor Swift was going to see it. Or at least Jack Antonoff. I kept checking my DMs. You know how oh. if somebody... I tagged them in the post. Yes. But you know how sometimes you can tell if somebody has seen the post if it says, like, seen? Oh, interesting. You know, like, via yes, DMs. Yes, yes, yes. They didn't. Whoa. And then I kept thinking, maybe somebody who follows me is friends with Taylor Swift or Jack Antonoff and would just send it to them as, like, a ha-ha-ha. I, I thought it was great. I'm I'm really pleased with how it turned out. You're very familiar with the clip, uh, not as much as I am. What are you looking for? My water bottle. Oh, I put, it, just I, bring it in? I put it on the floor there. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. I did not know how much people would like it. I think it was also very unexpected. Where did you think the audio was from? I mean, I, I you had showed me this specific clip before because you really liked this scene in the Taylor documentary. Miss Americana. And for the people watching and for the people listening, Mike and I, for Halloween, it wasn't really like our official Halloween costume. We've just always made, made the joke how much Mike looks like Jack Antonoff. And so I decided to get a Taylor Swift wig. And one of my favorite clips from the Miss Americana documentary um, by Miss Taylor Swift is the scene where her and Jack Antonoff are writing the song Getaway Car. And it's that, you know, the, the, that little banter that they have. They're in the studio, like, coming up with the lyrics and the hook right and you see them the moment that they come up with it, and it's an exciting audio. And I was very, I was very heavily familiar with that moment because anytime it comes up on my feed, I always watch it uh, to the fullest because it gives me the most amount of chills. And then I thought, oh, we should dress up and just take a picture of us as Taylor and Jack. And then I go, no, we should do the audio from the documentary. And we did it. And yeah. what was great is that we had Adam's music studio at your house, yep. which I think enhanced it. Oh, yeah. A little bit more. It would have been different if we were just like standing outside or something. And yeah, but yeah, there were a few comments also saying that like my voice really matches Jack Antonoff's. Why is that? I I don't know. I mean, I think like DNA wise, we're both thirty something Jewish people from New Jersey, so we have like maybe similar upbringings. Yeah, and, yeah, I and guess. a similar like voice accent. I don't you, know the way like the words are like punching out of your mouth is like it's very similar to how you speak, and yeah. so. I don't think I look like him at all. 
I don't really see it. I like I see the surface level. Oh, he's got a little bit of a beard and dark hair and glasses, but like that's kind of it. Like the features, I think maybe like those specific things. But if you like, if we didn't have glasses on and wore different clothes and like we're he, side by side, I don't think I look that much like him. But I think yes, I don't I know. Think uh, yeah, sometimes I think you do look like him, but you guys aren't like strikingly similar. But if you had his glasses. Like those exact ones, I bet it would be the finishing touch. Yeah. But anyways, you could say we went viral <laughs> on the internet. No, it was just a really like – it was a heavy performing uh, piece of content where a bunch of people who weren't our audience were watching yes. it. Yes. And I saw a lot of our friends posted it on their stories too. Like that was nice to see. Yeah. Col- it really was. Yeah. Colin, Carly, uh, Patricia. Um, what else did you dress up as for Halloween? Uh, excuse me. Uh, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Ah, uh, yes, your favorite movie. And I mean, we went to a party that was supposed to be 1994 themed, and you did your blank check costume. Which, right. Do you have a photo of it that we can? Yeah, we can just show this photo of okay. it right here. Great and costume. It, it was a great costume if you knew what it was. A lot. I think a lot of people thought my costume was. Just uh, out of all the costumes I could think of for Halloween, I wanted to be this very specific movie, for a TV movie from Disney Channel. Was it a TV movie? Blank yes, check? it never was in the theaters. But oh. it wasn't like a Disney Channel original movie. I remember watching it yeah. like many times on so, TV. It's about a kid who uh, gets who really wants money um, and his allowance is super thin. And then like a criminal runs into him with his limo on his bike and then he write, he is in a hurry so he just writes he's like, him a how check. How much is the bike, kid? I'll pay for your bike. And, and he's then like, he just gives him a blank check. Yes. And then the kid cashes it for a million dollars. Which, um, first of all, the bank would flag that. But the reason why <laughs> you clearly haven't seen the movie. The reason why, because I was thinking that I saw I the movie, but I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I haven't. It's because the guy who wrote him the, yeah. the, the 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 blank check was already a criminal who was working with a guy at the bank, who. Uh, was like managing his money and he says I'm going to have one of my guys come in and you better give them a million dollars cash and so then when the kid goes in the bank people realize it's from their big client the guy thinks that this kid is there working with the bad guy and gives him a million dollars cash. Oh, that's good. That's Wait, good guess, writing. What's crazy, too, is watching the movie and that it's set in 1994 and realizing the prices were a little different. So in the movie, he buys this house, this massive castle mansion, which yeah. is actually in Austin, Texas. Fun fact. Um, that is super wicked and awesome. And he does this online bidding with the mansion. Guess how much the mansion is that he's bidding on. I mean, if you only had a million dollars in total, I like I want to say like half a million dollars. 220 like $1000 to buy a mansion. To buy a mansion in Austin, Texas in this You can't even buy it, a one bedroom apartment for that right now. Oh, absolutely not. But yeah. I don't know, but is that is that accurate would a mansion? They never really explicitly say Austin, Texas in the movie, but, but you know you can, it is. Yes. But or were mansions two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in nineteen ninety four? Maybe in like rural Texas, like if maybe they're not placing it in Austin, but if you're in Texas, maybe. Hot damn! I don't know. We we could Zillow that and see just like what the median house price was in ninety four. Oh, man, we should. I know it's so that's wild. So I did that as my uh my costume, and I love that you printed out the reference of your costume. You had a poster board, like a six by eight poster or whatever it was, yes. which is really funny. Well, originally I was going to put a giant blank check on one side to like enhance the costume, and then I realized he never 
has a gigantic check. Right. So then I couldn't decide between two movie posters, so I just uh, pasted one of the movie posters on the back. It was a bit much, but I'm like, but it helped. People no, saw it, it from across the party and were like, oh my gosh, blank check. The, having the reference for an obscure movie is cooler than having to explain what you are. Like, yeah, you I'd be like, look, this is the poster. I just like to make it like crystal clear for people because I get anxiety. There's nothing worse. Actually, there are a lot of things worse in life, but it sucks when you go in a costume to a party and people are like, and what are you? Or I they know. think you're something else. Yeah. I'd rather it just be like, look. Yeah. That's what I am. Um, so I didn't, I made it out to that party. And then you didn't make it out to the next party. The next like four parties. We got I, invited to a pretty hot party, Mike. I know. You missed out. I know. I feel really bad. You overslept. Yeah, I did. You went down for a nap, and usually, what, you're pretty in good control about your naps? Always. I've, this is like might be the first time I've ever done this in my life, but it's also the latest I've ever taken a nap. 8.30 p.m. is late to go for a nap. Eight? That's that's way too late. You I know. you got to sneak in one of those weekend naps around 2 or 4. I know, but I just I, I, I like went for a run that day. I was like feeling good, drank some tea. And you missed out on one of the hottest uh, Halloween parties out there. But it's okay. And your you brother's pregame I missed. Oh, I yeah, feel you bad you about that. You missed the brother's pregame. You missed Katie Austin's party. Um, but it's okay, Mike. Don't beat yourself up. What did you do on Halloween day? We filmed the reel. That's... <laughs> oh, we did that. And then you just hung out? Yeah. Uh, I didn't, did you I get didn't any trick-or-treaters? I did zero. Oh, okay. I don't think my street has them, but I did go for a run in the neighborhood, and I saw all the trick-or-treaters like up in your old neighborhood. What was your strategy as a kid when you went trick-or-treating? Um, I, ha- I would bring a gun and say, <laughs> Gimme! You know what I learned this year? I was like... I realized I was kind of being a bit of a Halloween Karen this year. So I went over to Will Derbyshire and Arden Rose's yes. house. And we, uh, and they had tons of trick-or-treaters. Amazing. Dude, hundreds. Yeah. Um, which was great. And we were handing out candy. And I was uh, and I was a little like, uh, what do we say to some of the kids? Like, because no kids, none of them were saying trick-or-treat. Okay? Oh, they, oh were, they were even saying trick. You're, I think you're saying like please and thank no, you. No, 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 no. I'm not that big of a Karen. Okay. I'm not that big of a Karen. Uh, uh, please and thank you, mom, dad. <laughs> are we teaching the manners at home? That's what I thought you were. Okay, go no. ahead. So they come and knock on the door, and what do they, they say? They don't knock at the door. We kind of we were just set up near the gate that faces their street with a bowl of candy. Okay. We're not. We're not even like getting that close up to them. Just kind of standing there, being like, "Oh, nice costume. Hey, mom. Hey, dad." No kids are saying trick or treat, and then I'm like, "What do we say? Like trick or like yeah. trick or treat?" And then one, and then some of them, I'm like, just two pieces, because some kids were going up and literally taking handfuls, ten, yeah. And I was like, "Whoa!" But it's only happened a few times. But then I learned you're really not supposed to say, tell kids anymore to say trick or treat or like Why? give them a hard time, because some kids are nonverbal. Oh <laughs> well, then I get sent. You know, you know those like you know woke like memes posts that yes. people will share, yes. like things to think about when delivering candy. Sure. And I felt bad. Oh, because it said don't force kids to say trick or treat because there are some kids who are nonverbal. Yes, and, ah. and, and some kids may have different motor issues, and you and if they take one, two, three, ten pieces of candy, you. Uh, did you get anyone to say trick or treat when you were like, yes. and what do we say? Yes, but I also didn't do it in front of the parents. If I saw a kid who was at least like seven or eight years old who you can like have a conversation with, not saying I talk to children, <laughs> but but like who knows? Like I'm not going to go up to a three year old being like, say trick or treat, but like, right. A if a kid who's like 
pretty sharp. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, trick or treat. Yeah. I wasn't saying this to every kid, by the way. <laughs> but I just learned I had to kind of check myself because apparently that's not a thing anymore. You live and you learn. That's what life is all about. I know. Um, so I felt a little bad about it. Did but... you see any insanely good costumes from the trick or treaters? <sighs> uh, insanely good? Where you were like, damn. That's cool. I saw a Coraline that was pretty good. Coraline's my favorite because, like, then you're like kind of a cool, weird kid if you're a Coraline. <laughs> I saw a lot of Among Us, and they're okay. like, I don't know, this guy's sus. <laughs> I was saying a lot of that in a lot of other stuff, dude. I had no clue what they were because I'm just an out of touch, thirty year old adult now. Did they? Did they explain what? They yeah, were? like they're like, I'm Helga, and you're like, what is what is Helga? It's some cartoon. Oh wow! So, yeah, there's definitely stuff we're out of the loop on, but yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, I think that's good though that like kids, younger kids, have their own meme culture. We have our meme culture. There's like different. It, it's better that there are things that we don't know about. If every single person had the exact same experience, life gets a little boring. Well, what caught? What were you, what were you usually as a child? Just whatever was that like the party city? So like Spider Man, Batman, uh, Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. like your classic superheroes. That's... I don't know that I ever went like. Like, I would have loved... Too niche? To, yeah, like, Rocket Power would have been a cool costume, I feel like. They never had Rocket Power costumes. No, I don't think they did. I mean, I guess they were just, like, what, helmets and knee pads. And, like, a skateboard. But, like, if you were to think about it, if someone showed up as some Nickelodeon cartoon today, you wouldn't know. You know, if, like, some kid from Coco Melon or something. Yeah. Oh, I'm a character from Coco Melon. You wouldn't know. But I'm jealous that these kids get to live in a time where I think novelty items are really accessible and produced. So, for instance, a Rocket Power t-shirt. Rocket Power at its peak, you still could not find a Rocket Power t-shirt. Maybe if you went to, like, Hot Topic or something on no. the season that they had it. I doubt it. Yeah, it was not easy to come by. Merch, now, merch was definitely difficult. Like, now you can just Amazon, Google it. It's right there. Yeah, that's true. The whole access to a costume, no matter how niche you want it to be, you can get it. Like, Or make it yourself, like your mom did with the Harry Potter costume. Yeah, I was just about to say that. But... I still think so much stuff just exists and people can get it. We are in the age of convenience. Convenience and comfort. Yeah. Isn't that right? I got you a gift. Oh, back to the gift. I'm sorry. No, no. This is good. Um, should I get... What is this gift for? Just for being I, a good friend? So I came across it and I thought Matt would like this. I would like to get it for him. I'm going to get it for him. Well, he did give you that one uh, sweater. The Back to the Future sweater. This is not like a one-for-one. I would have given this to you even if you didn't get me the Back to the Future sweater, but it's one piece of tape. You want me to... Nice wrapping job, Mike. I'm not good at wrapping. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a gift for you. Thank you. Hey, nice wrapping job. Mike. Mike. All right. You got it. Is this Funko Pop? No. (laughs) Whoa! What? Coffee. A Sonic the Hedgehog coffee mug that heats up or that changes colors. So this is the cool thing about these mugs. I have a Dragon Ball Z one that I used so much. When you pour hot water into that mug, it's it's a Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog scene, but there's no background when you fill it up with hot water. The whole sky illuminates, so it's like sort of a fun little wow. way to start your day. You yeah. don't have to use it. Because you know me, I love hot coffee. No, you in don't. The I know that you don't drink a lot of hot coffee, but I feel like it could also just be something that you know put on your desk. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Room. My this pleasure. is really cool. I'm glad you like it. Where'd you get this? So here's the thing. <laughs> what I stole it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and so you know how 
we have uh, the ramen spot right by our, our my house, the yes. ramen place. So this ramen place is pretty popular, and every time I go, there's always a wait. But it's in the same shopping center as like a Home Goods and a Michaels yes, and a Marshalls. Yes. I'm explaining for the people. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I so, thought you didn't like. No, I know that you know. Well, we so we just had this experience where you and I went to the ramen place, and there was like a four minute wait. So we went to Michaels, started to look at your Christmas villages, and it's great. So I kind of like this routine of going to this place, knowing that there's going to be a wait, and then just doing a little browsing and shopping. So I went to dinner last night with someone at the ramen place and there was an hour wait which is the longest i've ever experienced but the person i was with was like oh my god i love a good home goods marshall's run let's just kill some time and so we went basically to every single aisle of, of a marshall's to kill this time just you know talking about the stuff all the right you know the ray dunn stuff yes it's just like making fun of that and like you know this, oh, I would love to be the person that needs this. And then at the very front, like by the time we got to the end, I saw this. It was like glowing at me. I was like, oh my God, a Sonic the Hedgehog. So I just said, I need to get this from Matt King. So you, I got it from Marshalls. You're too kind. But Marshalls is a crazy place. <laughs> it really is. I'm so You spent an hour in a Marshalls? No, no, no. And we spent 30 minutes there. Okay. But yeah, Marshalls, it's like, oh, yeah, can I get, like, some Dora the Explorer earbuds? <laughs> and, like, and can I get Nautica slippers? Yeah, and, and a used uh, salt lamp or something like that. <laughs> I saw some TikTok of some guy making that joke. But, no, uh, yeah, Mar I, I but I love the chaos of a Marshalls. Here's what I found. I didn't even activate Hey, that. Siri. Um, I, love, I love the chaos of a Marshalls. I love, yeah, Dora the Explorer earbuds. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Stamps.com. Stamps.com, everybody, one of our favorites. Basically, we know it's holiday season right now, and there's seasonal excitement or dread, depending on where you sit, um, but it's really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Are you slaying through traffic to get to the post office, or is your inbox more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland? Are you rushing to send cards and gifts to your clients? Well, it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with stamps.com. Sign up now, and you will be printing your own postage in minutes. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. There's no lines, no traffic, no hassle, and you can even save money with major discounts from USPS and UPS shipping rates, up to 86% off. Stamps.com is a stress-free solution for every small business. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. And if you need package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing, but with Stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. So this holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with stamps.com today. Sign up using promo code HOOT, H-O-O-T, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and use promo code HOOT, H-O-O-T. Once again, stamps.com, Top of the page, click the microphone, use the code Hoot, and now back to the episode. Whatever they have. Um, and then another thing that I did when I was there is because when you used, I used to work at Target. I don't know. Did you ever work at one of these, like, you know, Target or Best Buy or one oh, of those like types a of heavy places? retail stocking? I spirit Halloween for a bit. Okay. Well, 
when you work at Target or Best Buy or like some of these, you know, higher level ones, what you do is they hire people to just zone the area where you have to pull all the items to the front and make them all flush yes. to look neater. Marshalls yeah. doesn't have that. Oh, hell no, So man. we spent time going through the toys aisle. And adjusting and things? And, like, adjusting it. And then just, like, admiring our work. And it felt good to, like, give back. back. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. like, when a kid goes to the toy aisle, like, the toy aisle in Marshalls is just, dist- like, the toys are everywhere. They're not arranged. Like, every aisle in Marshalls is kind of chaotic, which is part of the charm. But we zoned this aisle and was just like yeah so that's that was last night and uh we also have been talking about sonic the hedgehog i saw the poster for the video game that's coming out so i figure you know eh, i like sonic i love it mike thank you i've been uh, speaking of video games i've been playing a lot lately i'm almost done with the quarry oh i don't know that one it's this horror game it's almost like a chew it's almost like you're participating in a movie Okay, that's good. So you have characters, you have to make choices, you have paths to be chosen. The quarry is about like nine hours long with 186 different endings. And you play a bunch of camp counselors um, at this summer camp the week before it starts. And shit goes down. (laughs) It's actually pretty spooky, though I've been trying to like wrap it up. But you have your video game set up. Are you happy with it now? Yeah. You've been talking about it for literally years. Yeah, I think I may have overpowered my PC and put too hot of a fan because it's like, like it like really hums. But hopefully if I have a nice microphone, I don't think you'll be able to pick it up and hear the PC. But it's pretty good. (laughs) What is that? Nothing. I'm just like really excited uh, for this week. Also, it was a crazy week too because Patricia's uh, sister-in-law had a baby. Had a baby. Woke up Halloween day. Her mom got a call from her mom, Um, and it was like it was like nine in the morning, kind of right around when I was like waking up, and I was like, "What is she calling me this early for?" Probably to ask something about the wedding and stuff. Sure. And then, are you getting married? I'm kidding. In case you haven't seen any of the nine podcasts Matt's talked about this on the last one, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. It's fine. I'm all about it. But then I then I went like back to sleep, and then I was like, wait, what if it is something serious? And so I checked my text, and sure enough, uh, Patricia's dad had been texting us and saying Shelby's water broke, and I'm like, oh shit. And then I call her mom. She's like, are you with Patricia? I'm like, no. And then she's like, well, she's not answering. I call Tristan. Tristan bangs on Patricia's door like. Patricia, Patricia, Shelby's water broke. And she's like, our water broke? And she goes, no. The water. Or he goes, no. Shelby's water broke. And so Patricia immediately gets on a flight. We always joked about like, oh, Patricia went there. Yeah. Okay. She's there right now. Why? Because you told me that Patricia's sister, who I've not met, looks like Patricia. Yeah. And Patricia posted a story of someone holding a baby. Yeah. And I was like. She really looks like that Patricia. That is Patricia. I am realizing this now. This is something I wanted to ask you. Is like, how much does her sister... Was she wearing like a pink sweater? No, it was like a black... It was like the black and white photo. You just see like the bottom oh. of Patricia's face holding the baby. I don't know. That actually may be her sister-in-law. It, I, they do look... Oh, interesting. So, yeah. But um, gorgeous baby. Um, little Scotty Evans. But it was just a wild day. A Halloween baby. Have Patricia rushing, getting on the plane, and then um, just hearing everything go. I was doing Carly and Aaron's podcast. Found out it was a girl. It was just it was a cool day because yeah. for I think uh, Patricia's sister in law has been like the closest person I've ever been like with who's like has been 
in the like family. pregnant everyone in my life who's like being pregnant it's always like someone at a distance and you're very yep. like okay cool well hope it all goes good <laughs> this one i just felt like i don't know very like invested in so it was just it was a wild 24 hours the baby was like super healthy and everything um so it was a really good weekend and you're going this weekend to nashville and i've never been to nashville um yeah i'm going with uh Caucasian James, James Gardner, if you know who he is. Um, he's been wanting to do this for a really, really long time. And, uh, but Patricia was kind of on the fence. She really didn't want to like commit and go. And she was like, you know what? You can just go. And I'm like, hell, I haven't had like a trip like that in a long time. Boys trip. But yeah, a bit of a boys trip. And then, uh, but also what's great is Young Gravy is having his show there that night. And then uh, I think we get to like go party with him after at uh, Friday Beers. But uh, and his album just came out too. Yes, it did. Doing really well. It did. It, uh, have you ever been to Nashville, Mike? I have not. No, neither have I. Adam Melcher has been there a bunch. He says it's really great there. Everyone there is a musician. It's very music friendly. I'm sure you'll see some great shows. I think so too. I think you're gonna have a I great think, time. Uh, Austin. Well, I go. Is it like Austin? And a lot of people were like, "Yes, but Austin's better." Hmm. You don't think so? Already slandering the place before you go there. Hold on. I, oh, no. I'm just more trying to prep my expectations. Right. Because do you ever, isn't it always weird how our brain, before we go to something that we've never been to, we have this like idea of it. And it's never what we expect, not in a good way or a bad way. It's never what we think. You know what I mean? Yes. This is like a philosophical thing. Like this, the perfect sandwich, is it better to think of the perfect sandwich in your head or the perfect sandwich right in front of you? Because the perfect sandwich in your head is literally the most perfect thing in the world, right? You can imagine, like, it's going to taste amazing. Okay. It's going to fill you up. It's going to satisfy you. But it's only in your head versus an actual sandwich that's right in front of you. It's not actually as perfect as the, as the one that's in your head, but it's real. So you can eat it and, like, get the benefits from the physical uh... act of it. And it's, like, this philosophical debate, which one is the perfect sandwich? Is it the one that's in your head, or is it the one that's in front of you? Well, I don't know. I think to live a better life, you should always enjoy what's in front of you. The real sandwich. Yes. But I'm trying to get the expectations in my head, like, right. I do it out of curiosity to see if, like, it's like, ah, this is exactly what I expected. Do you know about Paris Syndrome? Paris Syndrome? Uh, yes, it's a big, like... Uh, tourist phenomenon with I believe Japanese people where a significant amount of Japanese tourists when they come back have reported a feeling of almost depression after visiting Paris because they had this idealized version um, that has usually been projected onto them via culture and movies and everything that romantic that Paris is going to be this heavily romantic nonstop beautiful cityscape when in reality it's kind of not up to the expectations it, yeah, that you it will have. never meet their expectations cuz it's a real city there's cigarettes on the ground there's rude people there's traffic it's gray sky sometimes and I think Idea Soup, our friend Mc Michael McBride, has a really good TikTok about it, just explaining what it is. And I I don't know that I could ever experience something like that because I don't really set expectations before I go on a trip. It's kind of like, I hope it's going to be good. And it usually is. But, like, that's about it. I'm not like, do you plan out a lot of your stuff when you go on a trip? Um, uh, What I do, the way I plan a trip, or mostly I did this when I was just in New York City, I try to go search on TikTok. TikTok heavily don't trust the first few things someone's going to recommend like don't trust the most popular videos right. find someone who's usually a little low in following and very niche and you think you have similar taste with because everybody has different taste recommendations sure. um 
I so usually try to find someone whose whole channel is just them saying good things that are in New York or for that city. And if it seems like a place I'd like, I go on to Google Maps. You create a guide. Actually, Apple Maps, Google Maps, I'm pretty sure you can do it on all the app uh, platforms. You then, so you make a guide, type in whatever city, like New York or Nashville, type in that place and just click save, okay? So then you start saving all of these places via the map. So when you are there, don't get so stressed, like we have to go here, we have to go here. Just realize what's around you and then kind of navigate and walk your way through things and make all those stops while you're at it. Have Does you been doing this sense? for your Nashville trip? No, I haven't done it for my Nashville trip, though I think I'll probably do it tonight out of curiosity. But because I'm going with people who have been there, and also staying with someone who lives there, I'm kind of kind of trust okay. whatever they have planned. That's fair. You York, also don't want to show up and be like, oh, I heard the Cheesecake Factory. And they're just it's like, like oh, we don't need to go there. I don't want to get too hung up about something in Nashville. Like, I have to see that. Though, isn't there some bit like the, the Grand, Grand Ole Opry? Opry. Eh. 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 But I think I'm also going to make a drive at the end of Nashville. I need to look into that today um, to see if I can go down to Alabama first. We'll be right back to this episode after a quick word from today's sponsor, Uncommon Goods. If you want to avoid boring, basic, and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Here's a few of our favorite gifts that we have found on this site. Mac got an incredible pair of sunglasses. This is my favorite, the little elephant peanut bowl. Get it? Peanuts, elephant. Uh, this is one of my favorites. I have a bunch of trinkets at my house from Uncommon Goods, and we just love it. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you find just anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So you're supporting a good cause. To get 15% off your next order, go to uncommongoods.com slash hoot. That's uncommongoods.com slash hoot, H-O-O-T, for 15% off. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of ordinary. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Casetify. Casetify, we all know them, we love them. Do you ever drop your phone from time to time? We all do. Are you in need of a case that's not ugly and bulky and will make your phone look terrible? Of course you are. We all want a beautiful, protective, and sustainable case. Well, Casetify has got you covered. Casetify's goal is about creating a case that is not only sleek and stylish, but also protective. Engineered with EcoShock, Casetify's latest protection, their newest iPhone 14 Impact Series is 20% more protective and just as slim. Their cases are optimized for drop protection up to 11 and a half feet at the five-time military standard, withstanding drops up to 130 times. And Casetify is not just about protection. They've got a large range of prints and designs created by their diverse community of artists, so there's something for everyone. You can also design your own customized cases, so the options are truly endless. And with a strong built-in magnet, their cases are also MagSafe compatible and attach seamlessly to any MagSafe item. So pop it on, whether it's your car, your nightstand, any MagSafe 
plug it on, Caseify's got you covered. And my favorite, they are sustainable. Their cases are developed from 65% recycled and plant-based material, as well as being partially made from upcycled phone cases through their Recaseify program. So get one of the most protective, cool-looking, and environmentally friendly cases the internet has to offer. Get 15% off using our code 15HOOT, H-O-O-T, 15HOOT. That's 15% off at casetify.com with code 15HOOT. Click the link in our description, and now back to the episode. I, I thought we could take that again. What's what's the baby's name? Scotty. Oh, like S C O T T I E. Yes. Oh, very cute. Very I, pretty. I know it's a really like original for a girl. I like that. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, yeah, man, Nashville. Freaking Nashville. Do I need? Uh, I guess Nashville hot chicken. Is that a thing? <laughs> it must be. You've never heard seen that around town, Nashville hot chicken? I have no Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> but there's a Nashville hot chicken that I think is pretty signature. It's like their barbecue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm I'm I've been worried about getting cowboy boots. Do you need cow? Is is it a cowboy? City? It's Nashville. <laughs> is that cowboys? I feel like Texas is more cowboys than Nashville. It's, Nashville's like the country. I I think I thought there's more honky tonks in like Nashville than Austin. I feel like cowboy hats and boots are like more west. Of I'm not Nashville. talking cowboy hats. Just look. <laughs> um, I always feel like I'm a terrible Texan because I never owned cowboy boots. That's fine. Is it? Yes. Is it, Mike? Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, Matt, Mr. Texan, blah, 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 blah. I've never owned a pair of boots. It's okay to have your own version of what it means to be from a place. For example, people assume because of that flipping gosh darn show Jersey Shore that everyone from New Jersey is a spray tanned drunk fratty gym bro. Yeah. And that's just not the case at all. I know, but I want to be like cool Texan. Like... You I are bet, I, you are the definition of a cool Texan. Am you, I? You create your own Con- version. Connor Woods a cooler Texan than me. I, I think he's his own dude. You're your own dude. He, I bet. I bet he has a pair of cowboy boots. Hands down, he has a pair of cowboy boots. I know he's got the hat in his car. He's got a cowboy See? hat. See, that's like cool Texan. But but I know. if you think it's cool, then you should do it. But okay. if you feel guilty, like oh, I'm from Texas, I should have this, but you don't really want it, and you're never going to wear them. Why get it? But, but what's going to happen to me? Is that I'm going to go buy boots in Nashville, and then I'm going to get blisters because I haven't broken them in. I would not get boots for this. I just want to be new boot goofing. New boot goofing? Yeah, three payments. Genuine ostrich, three payments. Are you making this up? What is this? If you don't know, you don't know. (laughs) Um, Mike, there's a lot. You know what? I I, kind of want to shift to a more serious tone. Oh, here we go. We don't have to talk about this if you don't want. But I think this is important. Okay. There's been so much going on um, in, I guess you could say, in the world, and just like media right now about Mr. Kanye West and um, oh, that. his anti-Semitic uh, views. Yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because obviously, as 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 a as a friend to you, a, a friend who is very Jewishly enthusiastic, you're the first person who I want to go to, and um, I would just love to hear your perspective and how you're feeling on all of this. Appreciate that. I will, for the record, say you are very pro everybody, not just Jewish. Yes. As an, any American and any person should be, we are accepting of all people, all cultures, all that. Obvious. It seems weird that in 2022, those things still need to be said that, like, being racist or homophobic or anti Semitic or anything against anyone else for any reason is kind of just doesn't make sense. So. That's my preface. And also, I definitely am not speaking for every Jewish person. Like, that's a big thing when people make 
you know, everyone looks to a type of person for feedback or perspective on something. And then someone will take that as like, oh, well, this is how the entire group thinks. You're no, you're not a spokesperson. I am not for... a spokesperson for the Jewish people. <laughs> I'm a spokesperson, spokesperson for me, myself, and that's it. But I do happen to be Jewish. All of that said, I did see a tweet recently too that was like someone tweeted something about like, oh, I love watching the sunset, and someone was like, well, blind people can't watch sunsets or something, and it was right. like the guy was like, not every single statement can include the entirety of every human experience. It's just not possible to say everything that encompasses everyone's experiences of all time, every time. That's just impossible. Yeah. So, again, prefacing. So, and um, I, I just want to like clarify: when did all of this start? I know that there were like a series of. Uh, when did all anti-Semitism start? No, the Kanye West <laughs> thing. Let me open, where this let me is, open the history books. Oh yes, we can. Um, I don't know that this. It this, says when he was he because he made like a series of tweets and wished. Um, he was like, yeah, there was the DEFCON 3 thing. I kind of haven't been like super on top of it because I kind of think he specifically is someone that just says and does things for attention because he's really good at getting attention. And when he said, you know, whenever, whenever it was that slavery was a choice, but it's pretty clear to me that a guy who says something like that is not really thinking with his full best brain and that's when i started to realize and even like the taylor swift thing when he broke into taylor swift's uh award ceremony and like stole the mic from her he feeds off shock value for his own gain yes exactly it's only for his own gain but he wore a white lives matter shirt at or he tried to like sell a white lives matter shirt no he was wearing it at his school that's what it was something with that i'm just like it's like so clear this guy just wants attention anyway so i saw him tweeting I think he posts something on Instagram and he's just, it's just a lot of it. What I look at it is he is going through his internet adolescence in public. So like, I think everyone that grows up on the internet or gets through the internet has this like conspiracy theory phase that they go through where they're like, Oh shit. Like this is really what's happening. The earth is flat and uh-huh. the, we never went to the moon and nine 11 was a hoax and the Jews are controlling everything. And it's just like watching all of those dominoes fall is kind of the way that I'm looking at it. It's like I, you and I both know we, you can go down the rabbit hole of the internet of like, oh man, 9/11 that was a yeah. whatever. Or like, it gets darker where people say like school shootings didn't really happen. And I think he just never really went down the internet rabbit holes that we all went through already and have kind of come <laughs> out the other side. And he has probably had experiences with Jewish people because he in the industry that he's in there are Jewish people in that industry. But at the same time. The context is like he has more, I think, Instagram followers than there are Jews in the world, which is like kind of a crazy stat. Whoa. Yeah. Like there are still less Jews today than there were before the Holocaust. That's how many that's how few Jews there are in the world. And we never I don't I think maybe we're about to like catch up to the numbers we had pre Holocaust, but like there's really not that many Jews out there. A very, very small percentage. And he is just going through pretty like unfortunately standard anti-semitic talking points which are like easily debunked and untrue and he has beef with individuals some of those individuals happen to be jewish and it would be the same thing as if he had beef with asian people white people short people tall people like it just so happens he's selecting jews as his enemy and i think this is my view the correct response is to like recognize that it's absurd and the absurdity will fold in and collapse on itself 
and it's not like you can't like Mel Brooks made a movie about Hitler as a in a like a a big gay musical. Yeah, the producers, 1960. So and people hated Mel Brooks when he made the producers because he's like, how can you have Hitler in a springtime for Hitler yeah. in Germany? And I just reread his biography, and he says like, you know, the way to beat someone that is full of hate is to ridicule them and make them look like the fool that they are. And I think he will just spin himself out because he just looks really foolish. And he's, I think anyone who's one step above like baseline intellect and baseline ability to understand how the world works will understand that he is saying bullshit nonsense. And it's just kind of like cringy. I see it as just like, it's really cringy and I'm not really like intimidated by it. The thing that I am more concerned with is when Donald Trump went on the uh, Truth Social mm-hmm. and he made those th- he made like a, a truth, which is like his version of Twitter about um, the American Jews better be grateful for what they have before it's too late. Too late, right? That's that's a little more scary because he's a political leader, and the last time we had a political leader in a major country that was talking about the Jews, that didn't end so well for us. So that's a little more concerning. Can I ask... I would love... Here's what I would love, and I know I'm sure many people would say this. I think if I just sat down with him for like 30 minutes, I could completely remove his... his like. You would want to do that? Yes. Ugh. I don't think anybody else is doing it. Every other interview I've seen in since his like meltdowns are... And I'm not judging anyone else's interviewing skills, but it seems to me like a lot of people are kind of like dick riding him and trying to be his friend not really challenging him and just platforming him and letting him I, continue to spread it. I agree. I mean, Joe Rogan's interview with him, he was just like, I thought Joe would at least like call him out on that, like some that's stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like people are just so excited to have Kanye on their show, so they're not going to offend him. They're not going to push him. They're not going to like make him uncomfortable or challenge him because they just don't want to lose the access, and that's a problem. I don't give a fuck about Kanye West access. I would be happy to have him feel really uncomfortable but i would get through it to him kanye if you want to come on <laughs> hoot and a half i don't even know should we even be giving him a platform well that's what i'm saying is i would probably record it and then if we made progress release it and if he's just spewing anti-semitic shit i just wouldn't release it how okay this is a this may sound like a stupid question sure how often do you face anti-semitism in your own life and in what way is it showing up to you uh that's a good question i do not think i've experienced like severe anti-semitism in a way that has negatively affected my life at all i think i benefit from white privilege as it's called and i'm not i don't consider myself as a minority because i don't get treated in the way that other minorities in this country do right i think even the word minority is like not the right word any like to say but I'm also a first-generation American, so I was born here, but my parents were not. So I really feel very American and like I'm bought into the idea of America as a place for everybody. And that really makes sense to me that America should be a place of opportunity for everybody, no matter where you're from, who you are, what you believe. Like Growing up, you learn about what America is about, which is this is the land for everybody. So, and most countries are not like that. Most countries are like if you're Italian, you're born and raised in Italy and you're in, you speak the language and you eat the food. You're from South Korea or like America is this unique experiment to say, hey, everyone's here. You're American if you have an Indian accent. You're American if you're Jewish. You're American if you're gay. Whatever it is, you're American. That's the, that's the philosophy that I buy into. And that's how I've always felt. As American, 
You're American. A Jewish American. Mm-hmm. So Jewish is part of it, but like I don't think I've ever been excluded as an American for being Jewish. Like that there are people that dislike Jews and you'll hear, you know, someone will say something like, Oh, I got Jew down on that deal. You're like, What? Uh, uh, they're like, Oh, I mean uh I uh, he I I hear that one. Not a lot. But I feel like I hear that f- someone using that phrase like twi- I don't know, a couple times a year. In LA? Mm, kind of. Yeah, no, no. Maybe like, I, I've heard it in LA, yeah. For sure. So like, But it, you wouldn't usually be around it. No. Like, no. It's, no. No. But I, sometimes, even though people will say it, that are in the presence of Jewish people and they don't realize what they're saying. Yeah. I think that it's, thankfully, it's, anti-Semitism in America, to my, my, in my experience, has not really been that severe, which is great. Um, and I'm thankful for it. I know there are definitely Jews that have experienced it, and there's other parts of the country that I have not lived in. So not taking away from anyone else's experience. I do get some messages and, like, DMs and stuff uh, about Israel because I'm also Israeli citizen. So yes. that I definitely get a lot of, which people just say, like, fuck you and, like, fucking dirty Jew, all this shit, whatever. Like, I don't. it really doesn't affect me at all because I just kind of feel bad for people who are racist and anti-Semitic because I just think that they don't understand how the world works. They're really small, closed off. And, like, the, the key, I think, to... You know, not feeling that way is just interacting with people that you think you hate because you don't really hate people based on who they are, like where they're from or what they believe. And you hate people. If you're going to hate someone, it has to be an individual. The the thing, the categories are not a reason to hate somebody. If someone fucking hits you with their car and drives off, that's someone that you can say, fuck that guy. But like just because they fall into a certain category to hate them based on that, to me, just doesn't make any sense. It seems absurd. And it is absurd. So I don't really worry about people like that. Do you think like a lot of people's anti-Semitism is like taught, or is it like? Do you think I think it's passed down from their parents? Their yeah. parents? Is it like a parental like? I think so. Thing, yeah. or they're just watching a really bad YouTube video. <laughs> like, that is also. I mean, nowadays, yeah, I think it's like YouTube videos, and there's like that whole dark pipeline of whatever. But I also think that the way that anti-Semitism is treated, which I think is really valuable, is like. Some people will put it on the same level as racism and homophobia and all these other things, which, you know, those specific groups of people, I think, are way more marginalized and attacked in America than Jewish people are or have been, which is a good, like from Jewish people, I think, you know, we have it way better and way easier than some of these other groups. And it's unfortunate now that, like, this is just a new group of bigots to hate that we're now being elevated to a level where, like, people need to look out for us which is like unfortunate and my thought is america should not be adding more groups of people that need to be looked after and like taught to not hate it should be the opposite there should be less groups that are marginalized less groups that need to be taught don't hate this group so it seems like in that aspect america is sliding backwards a little bit which is frustrating so i don't know what the answer is and it but and it's, yeah. and it's also tough because you know like we we've talked about this before how in a lot of parts of the country there are no jewish people i know like at my high school i i think there was like a handful of jewish kids but in my the the ones that i knew i only knew like two in my grade oh wow personally so um the conversation like and just the awareness of even knowing a jewish person is um very is, is sometimes not as common as we want to think it really is right if so, say if somebody is growing up in an area or a com- in a community where they're not friends with Jewish people, yeah, how can they 
um, consume or understand the right information of people from your perspective? Does that make That's sense? That's a good question. I do want to put a little bit of context. I just looked this up. According to Google, there are 14.8 million Jews in the world. Say so that one more time. 14.8 million. So less, That's it? 15, less than 15 million Jews in the whole world. So to contrast that, Kanye West has 18.4 million. So Kanye West has more Instagram followers than there are Jews in the world. That's like a little bit of context. There's not that many of us. Granted, we are successful in certain things, and that's you can. There's a whole history of Jewish people that goes back literally thousands of years. There's reasons why Jews are in certain industries, and you know, mostly because we've been marginalized from other industries. And every time we're in a new country or whatever, it's like we have to find what we can do because we're not allowed to do stuff. Plus, coming out of World War II, I think we had a bit of a hustle mindset. Like we gotta fucking make sure we're. It's not gonna happen again, regardless. I think this is doesn't even apply to Jews, but like whatever beliefs you think are true, just try to, as an intellectual exercise, prove the opposite mm-hmm. and see if you can do it. For example, if you believe that, you know, some specific group is for whatever reason hurting America and you believe in America, like I would challenge you to do an, 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 an intellectual exercise and argue the opposite this is like what you would do in speech and debate and i think people's brains just sort of get calcified into the same patterns yeah and then especially with algorithms and content creators who just continue to feed that that's what alarms me so much are the algorithms these days because they just feed on what you want to see yeah and it's good to sometimes like see both sides or sometimes i try to mess with the algorithm too to see yeah i mean it's always good to know what other people are thinking regardless of where you stand knowing where other people think is good because we have to be we're all living in the same planet although not always the same reality so it's good to check in where people's reality is um but that said yeah i don't know i mean it's just like just i would say occupy your time with instead of hating someone just try and find someone to love probably starting with yourself and then your neighbor your parents your family your friends your community and instead of taking the energy to hate someone far away take that energy to love someone closer to you and grow that way can i ask this question yeah why do people dislike jews yes that's the million dollar question i don't know i think like there's people who are lonely and sad have to hate somebody because Mm. they really hate themselves and any outward expression of negativity towards someone else is really a projection of what they're feeling inside damn so i don't really feel i'm not saying i feel bad but it says more about them than it does about me or any group right if someone's out there spouting negative shit about another group of people i'm not like oh well that group of people must have real problems it's no you're a fucking idiot and lonely and sad and depressed and miserable that's why you're spreading hate if you were a good person and you were happy and confident and full of love you wouldn't have the energy or the time or the desire to spread hate so yeah fuck off is basically what i would say if you're if you're spouting hate just fuck off don't do it do something else with your time and um thank you mike <laughs> what was, was that, that helpful at all absolutely i think it was helpful not only for me but hopefully to our listeners and our viewers as well yeah i find it to be important information it's important to be having these types of conversations yeah i don't want to downplay a 
of you know the Jewish faith. Yeah, um, definitely don't want to downplay anyone else's experience. Just my experience, but absolutely, I I would say like I really do like confidently like in my own ego brain like if I sat down with Kanye, you cameras make... or no cameras, I can pull him out the other side. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Um, okay, well, so I know that we have a, do you uh, want to some little play this time. You be Kanye and uh, just start saying anti-Semitic stuff. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even. I, I couldn't even do it. Um, Oh, uh, well, this is off topic. Did you see Elon Musk, you know, obviously uh, uh, coming in Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Vine might be coming back. I saw that. <laughs> but is he the one who said Vine's coming back? Yeah, or? he asked his engineers to, like, open up the code and try to, like, get it going. Would you start posting Vines? I, I'd i be interested if 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 I got my followers back. I think that'd be kind of cool. Because I had 1.6 million at the end. <laughs> that is a lot. But I feel like you can come back and build, if build it's a, a new blank, audience. If it's a blank slate sure um I, i'm just interested if they just want to be like a competitor to tiktok i mean by all means i think they should do it i feel like it would be different than tiktok i feel uh, like because vine the six seconds has to be funny that's it you i don't think it should be six seconds anymore no i think it has i think it should be like 10 six seconds st- looking back on i still felt like was like a little too short but that's the point that that you have to get the joke in because tiktok was first whatever a minute then two minutes now it's like up to 10 or something insane it the more freedom you have the more different types of content there's going to be nothing wrong with that like i love seeing educational stuff and like exciting things and serious things and politics whatever but Vine, as I understand it, is specifically for comedy. And I think that having a platform that you open this up to laugh is really valuable. And I think keeping it at six, maybe maybe eight seconds, just to get a little more, one more line in, that's my like view of Vine. Yeah, I like it too because it's a little bit more bite-sized of a time suck because already like – Tick, when you see TikTok, like, Gilbert, you're like, wait, 30 minutes just went away like that. And because... people take their fucking time now. Where they're like, okay, so if you guys don't know, I have actually been doing this for a while. And here's what, here's the five things. And you're just like, can you just tell me the thing that you're going to tell me? Yes. People spend so much time on preamble on TikTok that I'm just like, just tell me what it is you want to tell me. Yeah. Good grief. I would love for Vine to come back. I would love for you to post Vines if they do come back. And... We'll see. I don't think Elon taking over Twitter was a good thing. I think he's kind of a fucking idiot. And he's really fucking it up. And he's already getting like... <laughs> like, did you see Stephen King was like... The the author, not your dad. Um, <laughs> I mean, your dad, the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, I'm not paying $8 a month to keep my verification. Like, Do you get $8 a month to keep your verification? That's the first thing he proposed was like, if you want to keep your blue check mark, it's either like $20 a month, $15 a month, or $8 a month. Shit. And everyone was like, what the fuck? You're going to make us pay for a feature we already have for free? This is the dumbest thing. And Neil was like, well, we have to pay the bill somehow. You just spent $40 billion. Don't come to fucking the users to pay money. He's a fucking idiot. I'm on the Elon hate train now. Oh, you used to love him. I never loved him. I liked the Tesla. I liked the car. I liked the elect. I liked the push to sustainable energy. And Tesla was the company that was most positioned it. to do that. And I give them credit for it. I'm always just like skeptical like of Elon Musk. Like there's some dudes who are like, oh, he's the richest guy in the world. No, he- Everything he does is so cool. I'm like... Yeah, no, he's he's like a magnificent mind of what he's able to juggle and produce in the world, but like even that's debatable. That's just like, uh, but I was like, no, I don't know. I don't really like care. Like, there has to be an Elon Musk. I get it. Yeah, 
Like he, there's, there's, a, has to be a guy like that to exist. But like, I'm not that interested in that person. Yeah, he's not that. He's done a few cool things, but like that's, I think that's just what happens with celebrities is they do one or two cool things that they're really fucking good at, and then people want to know their thoughts on everything, and you just don't need to know everyone's thoughts on everything. Stay, stay in your lane, Elon, Kanye. Do what you're good at, and. Don't fuck the, don't fuck it up for the rest of us. But if Elon Musk wants to come on, by all means, <laughs> we're gonna be have a, a stacked twenty twenty three guest list. It sure is. Comment down below, guys, who you would like to see on this podcast. I unfortunately, you have to go. I'll do. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I gotta go get a haircut, and then I have to go record a uh, good unfiltered. Well, hopefully. That was suitable as a Jewish person representing myself. I think it was incredibly valuable, Mike. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, folks. See you, guys. Thank you so much.